we want something else which can hardly be put into words. To be united with the beauty we see, to pass into it, to receive it into ourselves, to bathe in it, to become part of it. This is for his namesake. So, in this episode of For His Namesake, by the way, howdy everybody, it's been about four months, haven't recorded since June 23rd was the last post, so for those of you that are new to uh, For His Namesake, there's a Patreon as well if you want to help support um, this uh, ministry, Um, would definitely uh, be a blessing for us so that we can get new equipment and and be able to record a bit better and get more guests on and and just, uh, you know, cast a wide net um, within the concepts and the, um, and, uh, the things to which, uh, I'm hoping for his namesake will, uh, be about, and, uh, most importantly of all, uh, glorify God. And so with that, no further ado. So in today's subject, <clears throat> basically just, uh, wanted to sort of, um, tread some more in ground. It's not necessarily anything new. In fact, it's, uh, literally as old as the world. And uh, the concepts of um, God's creation and the recognition to which God deserves for his creation, but also within the concepts of, of course, you know, God's um, infinite wisdom in why he created things the way that he did. Now, we're not going to go fully down the creationist um, road today, so to speak, but rather just sort of garnering a bit different thought um, in the beauty of God's creation and and how it sort of affects us. Um, Much different than the pagan, much different than the New Ager, much different than um, a lot of these other uh, demonic uh, religions. And, you know, I just, I don't think God gets enough recognition for the beauty to which he's he's blessed us to sort of... um, see his handiwork in, if you will. And uh, it all started, I was going to record this originally back in June, and there was just an amazing rain uh, here in, uh, in, in uh, Arizona where I am. And uh, it was just a amazing smell that just absolutely pervaded. I mean, just almost intoxicated uh, me and my wife and, uh, and our babes and our children. And it was just amazing. And, and, you know, the aromatherapy, in a sense, that almost came from that. And I just thought to myself, you know, it reminds me of a story. And there's a story of a, uh, uh, a servant, a servant of a king. And he goes to speak with his king one day, as uh, he did daily. And, and uh, he's getting ready to go ahead and head home for the night. And uh, before he would leave, he would always tell the king, thank you for your jewels. Well, he continued to do this night after night after night for months. And finally, the king, not able to stand it anymore, finally said, Listen, servant, what's going on with the thank you for your jewels? I need to know why you keep saying that. And he looks at me and says, Well, your majesty, you have to clean those jewels. You paid an absorbent sum for them. You have them insured. You look after them day and night under lock and key. And you... you constantly have to worry about whether or not they'll be stolen he goes you have to do all these things and yet i get to look upon them for free and don't have to pay a cent 
So, your majesty, thank you for your jewels. You see, it's amazing as we travel throughout God's creation, and whether you're in the United States or Europe or, or wherever you might live, God daily puts on a show, daily allows us to take part in that show. You see, as we are a part of his creation, as it were, as well. And God teaches us things, I believe, as well, uh, through uh, the various aspects of nature. There's a reason in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes um, that it constantly talks about, and in Psalms talks about, um, the wisdom of the ants, the wisdom of the coney, the wisdom of all the various uh, uh, created orders in God's kingdom, all the different kinds, as it were, in God's kingdom. And he explains things to us in contrast, right, through farming or through agriculture in general or through these other various means and ways to which are things that we are daily reminded of God's wisdom. And not only that, but it, it, it reminds us, uh, excuse me, reminds us of God's subtlety and that if we're not listening for his voice, oh, what an injustice that is. What a blessing we miss. What a, a, uh, a tragedy um, to which we bestowed on ourselves if we don't allow God to have his way with us concerning his creation and what he wants to teach us. Uh, I recommend if you've not read Genesis in a while, uh, at least read the first five chapters, five or six chapters. Do yourself a flavor and read uh, at least the first five chapters of Genesis. If you've not read Proverbs in a while, read at least all the Proverbs. I mean, I love Proverbs, contrasting and the Hebraism and, and the way that it plays on words and just different things. Oh, God is just such a wonderful, wonderful, wise king that we have. And uh, if you haven't done yourself that flavor, man, you've definitely got to. Also, uh, within the context, back to the point uh, of the whole reason for this discussion, um, as I was meditating on the word and, and reading a little bit of C.S. Lewis, you know, I think there's something to the mystics. Uh, A.W. Tozer, being a mystic as well, um, understood, you know, the aspect of which uh, I think a lot of us miss out on from time to time. And uh, that was seeing deeper into things without attributing um, a false understanding. Um, you see, so many times we have the New Agers, we have, <clears throat> we have other uh, religions that attribute um, um, a sort of animistic worldview as a presupposition, meaning they believe God is in everything, or a panentheism, that there are gods in everything. Uh, animism, of course, can go to shamanism, which is a Native American belief, uh, to which they literally, as Romans 1 warns us about, they bow down and worship the creation rather than the creator. I suggest you read Romans 1 for yourself and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you on that. But the point is, nonetheless, uh, the Lord does not desire us to look at the creation as if God is literally in it. You see, this is what Satan does. He confuses God's presence, right, as if God is in everything rather than God is everywhere all the time. You understand God's omnipresence. Uh, God is not in everything. How can God create something to which he also envelops. Well, the only um, 
privilege of any creation on God's earth that has that is us, right? Is us. And that means mm-hmm. us, those made in God's image. Now, the creation is... A message was delivered by Reverend Leonard Ravenhill. Right? But us created in his image have the privilege of what? Of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And God gives us that privilege, right? So we have God living within us, but we are not gods. See the paradox? So God lives in us and works through us. And you go, Chris, why are you going on a rabbit trail? Well, one, I'm really good at it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost a, a hobby at this point uh, or tradition. Um, but <laughs> what I mean to say is within the context of the mystics, right, like Tozer and a lot of these other guys, um, they had a, a good point to which we allow God to teach us, right, how he desires to teach us through his creation, how God desires to show us things that can only be seen uh, as if, as it says in Psalms, right, uh, from the eagle's vantage point, right? In other words, from God's point of view, right? And to the point being is we have the privilege of getting up every day, going out and enjoying God's creation, smelling um, um, the flowers, if you will, like the old saying, stop and smell the flowers. In other words, stop and think about the beauty of God's creation. And also remember this, because this is something that I, I tend to miss out on as well. This is not as good as it gets. Remember, the world is also subjected to sin, right? Until it's purification, like it talks about in Revelation, when the world and the earth will be burned up. So this is actually not even as good as it gets. Sin is still in the world, and yet we are still surrounded by beauty, though tainted. And yet beauty nonetheless, right? So think about that as well. How much more beautiful is it going to be, right, in heaven, as we take an eternal perspective, as we take an eternal mindset, and allow God to also remind us not to be so earthly-minded that we're no heavenly good, right? So we want to be used by God. But there's many contrasts. You know, you can look at um, the growth, right, the whole aspect of farming and the way that farming takes patience, Right, and that patience and faith are synonymous. That the the farmer who goes out to plant has to trust that God will send the rain, God will send the water to to water that plant so that it grows and and produces the fruit that will nourish the body. And it's the same thing for us, right? Uh, in the concept being that as we right receive the Holy Spirit, that God grows us, that God says that you know don't drink. Of, of that water, that which will only make us thirst again, but that main hayim, right in the Hebrew, the main hayim, the living water, that water that, that, that is like an uh, artesian well, if you will, right? Which reminds me of a story of there was a, 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 a kingdom in Scotland uh, to which was able to survive uh, the English uh, colonization that was coming in at the time. This would have been around the, oh, I want to say 13 or 1400s give or take, uh, don't quote me on that, but you get the point anyway. And the English were coming to uh, take this this castle. Well, this castle locked up, got everything surrounded best it could, and uh, had to survive the English coming in to take this castle. Well, they ran out of food, but one thing that they did have, you see, you can go a while without food, 
food isn't actually completely necessary, necessarily, if you will, meaning that you can go without food for a lot longer, or excuse me, uh, for, yes, for a lot longer than you can without water. Well, they turns out that they actually had a living well. They had a well within this castle to which uh, continually brought up water, right? So they were able to actually outlast the English army to which they were surrounded by because they thought they could just starve them out, right? That there's no way they're going to survive in there. We'll just basically be more patient than they are. And this is what the enemy does, teaches us something else as well. You see, when you have that living water, I don't care how much the enemy nails you. I don't care how many things of this world uh, you can't find satisfaction in. If you are relying on the living water, the Mein Hayim, that artesian well, the Holy Spirit to which pervades your very being, to which that water that continually you go to for your joy, that you go to for satisfaction, is continually growing and, 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 and uh, uh, oh, what's the, the proper word here is um, just bursting forth from you, if you will, then you don't have to worry about the enemy coming in and trying to suffocate you or deprive you of the things of this world because your satisfaction doesn't come from this world, but rather it is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And that's what the, the Lord gives us the privilege of. You see, it's an interesting thing. We think about, once again, another contrast, right? We look to the ants. The ants, as it talks about in Proverbs, they store up for themselves for winter, when winter's coming. Teaches us economics, God's economy, right? Store up for the winter. There's nothing wrong. You know, people make fun of preppers nowadays. But in the world that which we live in, you would do very well to store up for yourself, especially right now as I sit here in uh, uh, just about almost November here at the end of October. You would do well to store up for yourself. Winter's coming. And as we continually hear from our government, not to veer off into rabbit trail into politics, but as we continually hear from our government, you know, there's there's a quote-unquote dark winter coming. And whether that's from them themselves, a self-imposed one, from the uh, crash of the uh, economy and everything else that's about to happen, that's, that's here nor there. The point is, even the Word of God makes it abundantly clear that we should store up for ourselves. And also, Matthew 6.33, that we should trust in the Lord to provide our daily bread, right? Just like the uh, Our Father prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And we trust the Lord to provide our daily bread, as well as he is himself the bread of life, right? That as we eat and partake of the word of God, which is the bread of life, and nourish our spirit, as well as, not to be so ridiculously ethereal, that you forget that God also provides our substance, that which we need to eat, our daily bread as well. So it's a twofold, not an either or, but a both and, right? So we get spiritually fed and we get physically fed. And God provides that of no price. He says, come and eat of me, drink of me, right? That he provides the bread to which cost you nothing is completely free, right? There's only two things in this world that are free. And that's Jesus and salvation. <laughs> that's it. Everything else in this world is going to cost you something one way or another. But nonetheless, this is the world we live in. If we look to the other things of this life as well, right? If we get up and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our daily bread, the roof over our head, the bed that we sleep in. Thank you and praise you for providing for us daily that which we cannot afford ourselves. 
right? And thank you, King. Thank you for your jewels. As we look at all that God's given us for free that we don't have to even pay for. But if we find thanksgiving in this life is the, is the point here, folks, right? If we find thanksgiving in all the little things, we just praise God for them, we will not become victims of the cynicism and, and the, um, the thanklessness of this world that it talks about that the world will continue to become more and more loveless in the end times in Matthew 24, that people will become uh, haters of the good, right? That, that they will become haters of God more and more increasingly as the birth pangs continue. And the way to, to get out of that is, is to focus on the Lord, to be thankful for what God has given us. And daily, we are given a reminder of how good God is in all the little things, whether that's aromatherapy from a nice fresh rain in the desert, whether that's a walk through the woods to clear our mind and to focus on the Lord and think of God's majesty and the beauty of which he surrounded us by at no cost to us, completely free. You know, there's so many in this world I have them filling up my 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 um my voicemail and my email and constantly all over the internet, right? Is people trying to give you something for free or fifteen percent off or ten percent off or twenty percent off? Thus is the world we live in, right? The economy to which we ascribe to, and yet God constantly offers a free show every sunset. He offers a free show, no cost to you, right? Uh, uh, of the sun going down every night, right? which also reminds us of God's promises, that they don't change. It also reminds us God's promises do not change either, especially if you look at Psalms 105, God's promises to Israel, right? That unless the stars fall from the sky or unless uh, um, the, the moon should fall from the sky, then will God's mind change concerning his will for Israel? Well, guess what? None of that's happened. And God still has plans for Israel as well, right? And so we know that, they, that, that God will never give up on his children, that he loves us, right? That we're reminded by these absolutes in life, the absolutes, even in nature, like gravity, right? The absolutes, the laws of God to which are absolute, that we know that water, that sunshine will grow a plant. Just like we know when we focus on the sun and we have the living water, the Holy Spirit within us, that we too will grow according to God's steadfast and perfect and absolute will for us. That as we continue to seek his face, that he will not give up on us. That he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion, right? That in James 2 it talks about that every good and perfect gift that comes down with the Father of heavenly lights in whom there is no shadow of change. God doesn't change, but we do. But if you look at God's creation, God does not change. The weather changes, right? but God doesn't. And even when the weather changes, it talks about in the book of Job, you know, shall we accept good from God and not evil? Shall we accept, um, you know, uh, uh, only what is perfect? That when the weather changes, like a fair weather Christian, right? As we know the adage goes, only when the weather is good will we follow the Lord? No, we rejoice in the Lord even in the storms. Even when the winter comes, even when the rain comes, even when the volcanoes erupt, even when the tornadoes and the hurricanes and so forth, that even these things teach us lessons to rely more on God and to see the awesomeness of his power, that, that the awesomeness of, of God's strength and mightiness and yet his faithfulness 
when even these things happen, to which we can still praise him and give him the glory, praise, and honor. And folks, I don't know about you, but the world we're living in, we got a lot to be thankful for. We got a lot to praise God for. In spite of all the crazy governmental stuff, in spite of all the things that absolutely are looking to destroy us, we can trust that God is faithful today, yesterday, and forever. That God will not give up on us and that God loves us. And think about this, folks. God's love is also eternal. Is God eternal? Ask yourself the question. Is God eternal? Yes, he is. Well, that also means, folks, that his love, his love is eternal. God will never stop loving you. It also means that every other aspect of his character is eternal as well. God's wrath is eternal, right? Now, praise God, he's not appointed us to wrath, right? Talks about in Thessalonians. He's not appointed us to wrath, but to salvation, right? That he loves us. But even for those Right, as we read the, the classic Matthew three or excuse me, John three sixteen, <laughs> right? That God loves the world too, that he sent his only begotten son to die for that world. Right? That he's not given up on the world itself. And it is to this world to which he is coming back. Like Bonhoeffer said, it is to this world that God is coming back to collect his, to take us home. And allow the world to live in the tribulation to which itself has is unfortunately appointed itself to. It's not God's will that any should perish, that but all should come unto eternal life. Now, I'm not a universalist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm technically a provisionalist. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look up latent flowers. Um, but the point is, I believe God does desire all to be saved. But it's not all. It's not all. Those all that whom he desires to be saved, not all of them desire themselves to be saved, right? So even within that context, you go, why are you rabbit trailing, Chris? Well, here's my point. If you read, what? Romans 1 again, right? When they see the creation, they assume a creator. God's even given the witness of the creation. When you see the creation, you assume a creator. When you see a painting, right? Like the whole... Uh, 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 Ray Comfort thing goes, right? Like the Ray Comfort apologetic. It's still a good point, but most importantly, the biblical apologetic aspect of this. When the uh, the unsaved see the creation, they have to assume a creator. The only thing that keeps them from seeing that is the blindness, the blindness that which Satan gives them. God forbid even a reprobate mind where they can't see the creation and assume a creator because they've been given over. And yes, that does happen, unfortunately. And we need to pray for those around us that they see the creation and the beauty of the creation. Right, whether it's something like a what's it called a Fibonacci, I think it is Fibonacci, where it talks about the mathematics of nature, right? That everything is perfect, uh, or whether or not the apologetic of everything is absolutely perfectly in tune, and that if it was off even one notch, that the entire world would fall apart, right? That that God is the ultimate mathematician, that God is the ultimate designer, God is the ultimate architect, the great architect. Right? And when we see people creating things, that we, we see that that's the image of God shining through them, right? When we see a building, when we see a painting, when we see these things, art, if you will, right? Even art itself, a great book written by uh, the late Francis Schaeffer, right? Look that up, man. Oh, Francis Schaeffer did an awesome job talking about God and uh, the way that he shines through people and their art. And if you will, uh, even just once again, um, 
proving God's existence, if you will, even within that context. Um, but of course, we all know that God exists, including unbelievers. They know God exists as well. But they what? Suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Uh, Romans 1, once again. And so the point is, folks, not that I want to make too long of a too long of a talk on this one um, or a podcast. Um, first, I just want to thank you guys for uh, those who have chosen to follow me. If you've not uh, liked or subscribed to me, please do. It greatly helps the algorithms. Uh, if you could please share, uh, share this uh, with as many as you think will be blessed by it. Uh, if you could share it on your Facebook or your uh, through Messenger to other people and whatnot, it, it greatly helps. Um, and once again, I do have a Patreon. If you could, I think you'll find the link there in my uh, bio here on this podcast for his namesake podcast. And if you could give, uh, I greatly appreciate it and be blessed by that and glorify God with it, of course. And, um, if you think this is a work of the Lord that you want to give to, uh, as the spirit leads, not of compulsion, of course. And, uh, other than that, I just want to thank you. And I praise God for you, uh, coming to listen to this today. And, uh, once again, just uh, do yourself a favor. Read Genesis this week. Genesis 1 through 5 or 1 through 6. Read Romans 1. And uh, most importantly, folks, once again, look up. Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. And as you look around, remember what God's created and why he created it. Because you have a purpose. And your purpose is to please God. And that he's given you the blessing and the privilege to thank him for his jewels, to which he's given us every day, to which we don't have to pay a single cent. Enjoy it, folks. Praise him for it. Give God the glory for his wonderful works and his mighty deeds. For soon this life will be past, and only that which was done for Christ will last. Be busy about your father's business. This is For His Name's Sake. <laughs>